you don't have to try and replicate something because someone else is doing it successfully. Go all in on what you do and make it fun for your people, right? Congratulate people for the smallest things. Go have fun as an office. Go do stuff together. I can't stress that enough. If it's in the office, if it's out of the office, a lot of these people are with you more than they are with their family. So you better make it a place that they want to stay. So the big question is this, how do small business owners like us grow our leadership, develop our teams and scale our business in a way that allows us to get our products and services out to the world yet still remain profitable? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Bradley Hamner and this is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, did you know that Club Capital is the largest accounting and advisory firm for insurance agency owners in the country, providing monthly accounting, CFO services, and tax preparation? Check them out at club.capital. Welcome to another episode of the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. My name is Bradley Hamner, your host. On today's episode, we have a repeat guest, Mr. David Peterson. Coach P is back on the Club Capital Podcast. One having back on, it's been a little over a year since the last time David came on the podcast. And this one, we spent the majority of our time talking about team. He gets so many questions and I've had conversations with business owners around the country around how do you find good people? And then once you get them, how do you actually afford them? And where do you source them? And what's the actual process look like for recruiting really good people? And so if you really want to truly a masterclass on how do you attract and how do you develop and ultimately how do you retain a players, this is for you. Without further ado, here's my conversation with David Peterson. Have you ever tried online marketing before and weren't sure if it was working? Maybe your rep talked about all the impressive features and stats and said things were going great, but you didn't know how all that tied into raw new policies written. Well, that's not the case with Direct Clicks. Direct Clicks is the premier Google Ads and SEO option exclusively for State Farm agents. Why? They're 100% resource-oriented with an exclusivity guarantee. Every review call you have with your account manager focuses on what really matters to your business, and that's leads and call-ins received. Everything will get broken down to cost per lead received. By investing with direct clicks, you're going to free up time and energy to focus on what's most important in your agency and doing what it is you do best. This will be the best investment you make for your team by spending confidently and scaling your agency today with exclusive online marketing partner, DirectClicks. Visit us at directclicksinc.com. Ambition is the first step towards success. It's time to level up your agency. And Coach P Consulting will help you do just that by using the same strategies he used to sell over 700 life insurance policies in 2021 alone. Now, this is not your regular one and done type coaching. You'll get personalized coaching two days a week, every week of the month, and you'll get a live look behind the scenes of his team training and an office that's performing at the highest level. There's a reason Coach P Consulting is the fastest growing coaching company for insurance agency owners in the country. Coach P will train your team alongside his own and show you the exact steps they're taking to achieve Chairman Circle, Exotic Travel, and Multi-Line Presence Club and be one of the few agents to be selected to have a third office. So whether your goal is to be at the top of your local market or amongst the best in the country, this training will give you the strategies and the tactics to get there. For just $250 a month, you'll get high-level coaching each week from someone who is already getting it done at that level, and his strategies work, and it's time to put them to work for you. Sign up at coachpconsulting.com and get your first full month for free when you mention the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. 
David Peterson, welcome back to the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Thanks for having me, Bradley. Excited to be back. Excited to have you. You're one of our most highly downloaded episodes. So I said, well, we've got to have Coach P to come back on. So I'm excited to dig into some topics we didn't get to last time. Well, I am uh, honored to have that as uh, part of my resume now. That's exciting. I'll try and do it again this time. We'll see how we do. All right. So the conversation that I know I've had with a lot of different business owners in all industries, and I know that you're getting asked about it all the time, is, man, how do you find good people? How do we find good people? And eventually I want to talk about culture, but I specifically want to first start with, I've lost a team member. I need to find a team member. I'm looking for a sales team member. I don't even know where to start. Where are you sourcing and finding really good people, David? Well, Bradley, the way you were that question is actually the problem. That is how most people are recruiting is, oh, hell, I lost somebody. Now I need somebody. And it's too late. You're already behind the eight ball at this point. So we've got to recruit team just like we're going after prospects for new customers, right? So we never prospect for customers every once in a while or when we need business, right? Do we ever come in the office like, ah, we're down a few households today. Let's start picking up the phone again. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Never. We do it every single day. And what people have to wrap their head around is that the most important part of any business is the team, right? We can't go get the clients without the team. We can't do anything without the team. So what I would tell you is you have to start today in implementing a process that you're then going to follow forever. It's not a every once in a while type thing. It's not a, oh, I need somebody type thing. It's I get to the office. I have steps that I follow every single day for recruiting, whether I need someone or not. Mm. Here's the deal. Everything is fine in your business until one day you show up and it's not. You have the perfect size staff. Everything is wonderful. You are sitting there thinking, man, things are great. And then you come to work and Susie walks in and shuts the door and sits down and says, Bradley, I'm sorry, but I'm putting in my two weeks, right? Or somebody gets into a car accident. Someone passes away. Someone's spouse gets transferred to another state. Somebody gets pregnant and wants to take four months off. There are so many things that can happen that if we're not prepared for them, we have one of those moments where we say, oh, hell. What do I do now? So it is so, so, so important to be proactive. And I tell people all the time, you should always have some extra bodies. You should always have extra bodies in the office because it does so much for your business. Number one, it has you ready for those moments, right? If someone is gone tomorrow, it's okay. Next man up. We've got a person, right? The other thing it does is it takes stress off of you and your team right? Everybody's overworked right now. And that's in any industry. We saw what COVID did to all jobs, right? Everywhere you go, they're overworked. And your people are too. So if we have that extra body, you can start taking things off their plate. So you're less stressed out. They're less stressed out. Everyone is enjoying their job more, which is what I'll tell you. One of the reasons why we have such a great retention of team members is that there's less stress. And then number three is the extra people bring the magic. Because what happens in any type of business is there are things that you're not doing right now because you don't have the ability to. You just don't have the time in your day to do some of the things you want to do. 
whether that's have somebody focus on commercial business, have someone hold your customers' hands during claim time, have someone focus on financial services, whatever it is, we all know there are more opportunities that we can address, but we don't have the people to do it. Mm. Now, all of a sudden, you bring in an extra person. You say, hey, you know what? I don't have a fire to put out right now on the sales team or the service team. So I'm going to let you do one of these opportunities that we're not addressing right now. And then all of a sudden, boom, you start doing things as a company that you've never done before. And that's where the magic begins to happen in any business. So I want to ask two follow-up questions that, number one, you're not the first person to tell somebody or recommend that they be recruiting on a daily basis. People hear that and say, yes, that's a good reminder. I need to be doing that. But they don't install the habit. And then secondly, you mentioned things that you do on a daily basis. So I know somebody's saying, well, what are the three things he's doing every single day when it comes to recruiting? Is that not a behemoth? I mean, David, you've got all these teams and offices and your coaching program, et cetera. How are you finding the time every single day? Well, obviously you've made it a priority, number one, but what are those specific things that you're doing so that somebody finally hears it and says, okay, I'm actually going to make this a habit that I do? Of course. So step one is delegate. You either do it in-house or you outsource it, right? You bring in people to do things that you're not good at doing, that you don't enjoy doing, or at a lower level pay grade than what you're at, right? Get it off your desk if it's not something you should be doing. Now, there are parts of the recruiting process that I believe I should be involved in. For me, that's the in-person interview. I want to be there. I want to feel that person's energy. Are they positive, negative? Are they someone I want on my team? Are they someone that I want to be around? I want to be part of that in-person interview. The rest of it, I don't need to do anything with right? Because it's just a process. So the first thing I did was I delegated that out to someone I knew would be consistent with it because we as business owners are extremely busy, right? If all the fires are going on at the office, we might not get to that recruiting piece. And then all of a sudden it happens the second day in a row. And then all of a sudden we fall out of our habit, right? That can't happen. Recruiting is way too important. So number one, delegate it. Seven years ago, I hired a full-time assistant, one of the best decisions I ever made. And one of her top priorities was getting in there on a daily basis and handling recruiting. So what does that look like, right? I don't want you to get off this call and think, oh, that was a fun call. Now, what do I do, right? Here are the steps. I will tell you exactly what we do. So we use CareerPlug. Now, they are nothing special. But for me, they're everything with our process because it's a place for us to organize all of our recruits, right? If they come from a referral, if they're an existing client, if they're from an ad online, whatever, they all get funneled into one place. It's almost like a CRM for your recruiting efforts is really what it is. That is exactly how to look at this thing. It's a CRM for recruiting and we've got to be organized. So my assistant, Ashley, every day, and we get pretty detailed in my office. So, you know, we want to set times and it's structured. So 10 a.m. you get in. You get into your CRM, right? Your career plug, and you see who's new that day. Now, everyone that's new, we're going to send them an assessment. Career plug comes with a couple of assessments, math and verbal, and then personality. So we send it to everyone, and then we wait and see what happens, right? They have 10 days to complete it. Now, if they complete it in that 10 days, we're going to look at their score. If they get a 70 or better, we're going to move them on to a phone interview. If they don't get a 70, or if they don't complete it in 10 days, we're going to click inactive and we're going to get them out of our funnel. 
And then for the people with the phone interview, right? We invite them to do that. We have a phone call with them. My managers handle that. And they're looking for personality. They're looking for energy. They're looking for passion, right? There's no magic questions here. We're looking for who that person is because we're not looking for, you mentioned earlier, I'm looking for a salesperson. I don't look for salespeople. I look for great people because we have every job under the sun available to us, right? And I could be so intent on looking for a salesperson I may just skip up the Michael Jordan of service. I want to get my hands on as many great people as possible because then I can find their niche and put them in the seat that empowers them. And if I get enough of them, there's no stopping us, right? So phone interview goes well, right? That's step two. We're then going to send them another personality profile. Now, I would imagine you've probably had Steve Suggs on here before. Has he been a guest of yours? He has, yeah. Steve Suggs, absolutely brilliant, man. He runs CTS, Can They Sell? It's a personality profile. I think it's the best one for what we do in the insurance world. And we use that to figure out if they're the type of person for our team, or at least how they're going to fit in our team. Now, I truly mean Steve Suggs is brilliant, okay? He is way smarter than me. However, we disagree on how to use his profile. And let me explain that. That's not a knock on Steve. Steve is speaking to the masses, right? He is telling you, your great team members are here. This is what you want to look for, right? However, the way that I recruit, once again, I'm looking for great people. There are people on my team that would never fit Steve's sales profile because they would not be a good general line salesperson. However, Because of the number of people we have, we get extremely specialized in our agency, right? Down to where you might just do one single job across all three agencies. So I'm going to look at it as, all right, Bradley's strength is assertiveness. His weakness is deadline motivation. I'm going to use those and fit a job that works for him and coach to that. So in my process, as long as they get that CTS completed, Instead of using it as a barrier to entry, we're going to use it as a guide to help us ask questions and figure out if there's a specific role that they would fit good with on our team. Okay. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of a different way to use that. But I'll tell you, I've got people on my team, absolute rock stars. I've got a girl last month in August, she sold $50,000 of life premium, 50 grand in life premium in one month. Okay. Last year, she sold 400 life apps and her CTS score was horrible. It was so bad. But I went over it with Bradley and I said, well, what about this? These are the things I like about her. And he said, well, you know, David, the way you can look at that is that she's not going to fit a general sales model. That's why she scored so bad on the test. However, the other way to interpret there, I was looking at two personality traits that concerned me. He said, yeah, you want that in salespeople. However, The other thing that that tells me is she can do a repetitive task forever and it will never bother her. She could do the same thing every day, all day, and it wouldn't be a problem. So we made her extremely specialized to where she just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and it works out perfectly for her. So CTS, I apologize. I'm going to go off on a few tangents, but we're getting through the process here. No, no, no. This is perfect. I do want to say something about this. It just made me realize the bathrobe theory of business does not apply. One size does not fit all. If you 
draw a line in the sand that says they don't score X on deadline motivation with CTS, they're out completely, is so valuable because there is depth and nuance, especially when you're referring to people. And right. actually having and saying, wait a minute, I could have missed. I mean, Dave, you could have missed out on half your team possibly of, of eight players I, I would if you have. just drawn a line in the sand and said, forget it. You know, the test says this. Now, I do want to differentiate one thing. Some people are saying, well, yeah, but you just mentioned on the career plug, if they didn't score 70, then you cut them out. How is that different? Can you just speak to that one part? Because somebody might be thinking that. You've got to be smart enough to do this job. You have got to have the intellect to be able to keep up with 17 different systems and all these different policies. And we have to be able to eloquently speak to our customers and be professional. I have hired, and I can name three off the top of my head, people that were not smart enough to do this job. One of them I knew before I hired them, and I thought that I could overcome it. We never overcame it. You have to have a specific intellect to do this. And then the way I look at that, the sales profile on the career plug is a 70 is that's not a hard test at all. Right. The way I see that is being able to confidently interact with people verbally. I don't truly see that as a real sales profile. It is a very entry level personality profile. That's how I see that. No, that's good. That's good. All right. So they take the CTS. Let's finish out. What's the rest of your uh, sure. pipeline, your funnel look like? Before we do, I want to go back to one thing you said during that question. And I want to reemphasize what I'm talking about here. When you said that I'm not looking for specific skill sets that the CTS is necessarily quizzing for is that you're right. People are very dynamic and there's a lot to them. And I know that if we really break down this agency thing, we can go in a lot of different directions. And I'll tell you right now, without prepping for this, just off the top of my head, I have got a full-time assistant that does not handle any insurance. I have got two full-time managers that do not do anything with insurance other than coach, but they don't sell, right? They don't service. We've got a commercial specialist. We have a life and health specialist. We have two people that just run finance or excuse me, annual reviews. We've got someone that handles onboarding of customers. We have someone that handles our mortgage products. And then there are entry-level positions that I call them hybrids, but they're essentially gophers, right? They're a sales assistant. They're a service assistant. They're doing the low tasks that the other people really shouldn't be doing because they are of a higher value, right? Chasing that, sending text messages to late pays, chasing documents, trying to get people's Bluetooth beacons set up, things that are repetitive, but kind of mind numbing and you don't need to have a certain intellect to do it, right? Do all the cold calls for the sales team, get out in the community and do events. There are so many different things we can do in this agency. And, and there are some that are I'm not even touching on right now, but just to give you some examples of how we're looking at people differently instead of, hey, you're either sales or your service. Yeah. So much more. That's so good. So I'm going to get back to your question and get into the process. So they've had a successful phone interview. They've now completed a CTS profile. We haven't necessarily paid too much attention to what their score was, but we're going to use their scores to be able to interview them. And then we're going to bring them in for an in-person interview. And at this point, this is the first time that I'm going to get involved. And it's going to be a tough interview. We are really, and once again, this is stuff learned by Steve Suggs from his book. 
But a big problem with agents is that a lot of us are very outgoing, friendly, type A people that have no clue how to interview. We're using our personality and we're trying, I have sat in on some of these. We're trying to sell the candidate on why they should come work for us. Yes, It is the other way around, guys. You have got to ask your questions and zip it and let them talk you into why they're the person and show off their strengths. And once again, all credit to Steve Suggs, his book, Can They Sell, really taught me how to interview and put people on the hot seat. But we do that. We go through that process. And I always have a manager in with me to get another set of eyes and ears. And then we always ask for references, right? And I think references are so important and so many people skip them. And my wife is one that she kind of called me out on it one time. And she's like, why? I mean, why do you ask for references? Because they're just going to be people that are going to talk great about the other person, right? She's like, I could, me and my mom could come up with a story that she was a fake manager at Gap and she would tell you I was the greatest employee ever. And that's all true. But what I will tell people is that if you go in with this mindset, that the reference is a setup, play detective there, you are being set up. That's fine. Go in with that. But lean on this. Most people don't want to outright lie to someone else, especially if they're in a position where they manage people. They know this is the hardest part of any job. They could be a small business owner a manager, a supervisor, they know this part's hard. So they're not looking to really put someone else in a bad situation, but they're still protecting their person. Mm. So what I tell people is that if you can be very intentional and detailed with your questions, you can back them into a corner and listen to the things that they do not tell you. So pay attention to their silence. And I'll give you an example of this. One of those three people I said I hired that was not very intelligent. He was a great dude. I loved the guy. I had him for two and a half years. I demoted him to every job possible because I liked him so much to try and find something he could do successfully, but he just did not have the intellect for the job. And I still remember his reference to this day. This was in year two where I had no process. I was just winging it and made so many mistakes. And I still remember what this guy said to me, it does not matter what question I asked this manager. As a manager at Bancor South in Louisiana, every question I asked him, he always came back with, he was always punctual and well-dressed. Hmm. He never told me anything about the job because he didn't want to talk bad about the guy because the guy was a great person. You loved the kid but he wasn't good at his job because he wasn't smart enough to do it. So what I will challenge people on is to call your references, check on them, but listen to the things they're not telling you because that will tell you a lot. Man, that is so good. I think that's actually the best advice I've ever heard about calling references. And two books that I've read, you probably have two, Who by Jeff Smart And then one by his, I think it's his dad, actually called Top Grading. Now, Top Grading is a tough book to get through and it gets highly technical. But those are two great books that go along with Steve Suggs, Can They Sell? But I think what you just mentioned right there about references, notice and pick up on the things that they're not saying. Because if that guy, as an example, had been incredible at what he was doing, he would have told you. He would have told you. He was our best producer. I hated to lose him. Oh, he's a great, he's an A player, et cetera. He didn't say any of those things. That's such a good point. Yep. 
So once we go down this road and once we find out we have the right person, then we're going to call them back and tell them congratulations. There were this many people interviewed. You're the one for our team. When can you come in? And we're going to deliver in person, right? We're going to have a drawn up offer letter. It's going to include the pay, the benefits, the compensation structure, and we're going to lay it out and give it to them right then and there. And this process, it can take a month month and a half, it's drawn out. And what we're trying to do is we're increasing the quality of the people that we talk to because we're making it a hard job to get. You know, the insurance industry is known for being easy. Mm. You want to go get a job in insurance? Cool. I can have one tomorrow. There are a thousand people looking, right? Well, there are way more than a thousand these days, but it's easy. And I can't tell you how many times where I've had people be blown away that I didn't offer them a job in that interview. Yeah. Guess what? When it's easy to get, it's easy to lose, right? They're not putting importance in the position. So why are they going to stick with you when something else comes calling, right? If they're not interviewing, they're probably going to get another offer in the next couple of weeks. What if they're sitting at your office? It was a piece of cake job to get. They get another and they're like, oh, yeah, that sounds interesting. And then they bail. We just don't have that anymore. But now I'm getting sidetracked to your original question, which is what is the process? And the process is what I just laid out, but doing it every single day. I've been doing that, Bradley, for eight years. When we hire someone, we refresh the job posting, right? When the job posting gets old and stale and expires, we put a new one up. We always have it going. And then here's the other thing with that is that we don't have a specific job posting because I'm not looking for a salesperson. I've got every job posting under the sun because the only thing I care about is attracting as many high qualified people as possible. Bradley, I've got a bank specialist position. Do you think I care about selling a bunch of deposit products through our great friends over at US Bank? I could care less. I could care less. However, I don't want to miss those qualified people in the banking industry that may know me in the community and think, oh, hey, that could be a lateral move for me, right? Yes. Now, I'll give them a great surprise on day one and be like, hey, guess what? We're not selling bank, but you're going to be awesome at this job. And it's funny. That's actually always part of my interview process because they always ask me, can you tell me what the job looks like? What does a normal day look like? And I'll tell them the same thing every time. Bradley, that's a great question, but I do not have an answer for you because here's the deal. I am not needing anything specific right now. All I'm trying to do is find great people. Now, you applied for the bank specialist position, but here's the deal. I don't know if that's going to be the best fit for you. My job as the president of this company is to find the best people in our community and then get them in a seat and figure out where their talent lies and make a job that is specifically for their strengths so that you don't have to focus on your weaknesses. So right now, I don't know what your day-to-day -day looks like, but in two months, we're going to have a great idea. And I'll tell you what, it's going to be something that you're going to love. And it's going to be something that focuses on your strengths. This is so good. Somebody else is thinking what I'm thinking right now. This is actually what Jim Collins said in his book, Good to Great, is get the right people on the bus. And then the second part of that is get them in the right seat. People have heard that. I mean, I've read that book and people have heard that thing, but that I think that you are actually showing details of how you live that out. I'm going to get the right people on this bus, period. I'm going to get A players. 
How many of those of you that are listening to this, how many of your problems would be solved and immediately just go away if your team was full of A players? I mean, really, think about that. A lot of them would be. I think that idea is so powerful with what you're sharing there. Bradley, that is the only way that we've been able to get up to 30 full-time people. And we've been doing this process for about eight years. For the first three years, I had three people and I'd always get up to a fourth and you'd lose one. There wasn't consistency, right? And I'm sure there's a bunch of people in that boat. That third salesperson is the hardest job to hire for. I don't know what the deal is out there, but that third salesperson is a beating. But in eight years, getting to 30, what you said is really the only reason we've got there because not only have we recruited with a consistent process, but also when we match people for their skill set and their strengths, they love their job so much more and they have more success. So they stay. Our retention is through the roof because people truly love what they do. And the other part about what you said is the next thing that I would say has brought that success is that when we talk about, you know, what Jim Collins said is getting the people in the right seats. Most people are running an insurance agency with the thought of, okay, well, the right seats are sales or service. Yep, right. Now there's a hundred seats on the bus. So get more detailed on what that person's skill set is and find it find a seat that's much more specific to those skills, not just sales or service. Are you an agency owner looking to grow your revenue, increase your bottom line, and better manage your taxes? Club Capital is here to help. Club Capital is the largest accounting and advisory firm for insurance agents in the country, providing monthly accounting, tax strategy, and CFO services. Way more than bookkeeping and your everyday run-of-the-mill tax prep, Club Capital is focused on providing financial and tax advisory services that help you plan and forecast your agency's performance. Their financial dashboards and agency forecasting tools help you better understand your agency's historical performance, create and measure future targets, and see how your agency compares to your peers around the country. Imagine what it would be like to understand the impact to your bottom line when deciding to hire a new employee or forecast the impact rate changes or commission rates will have on your business. With over $200 million in tracked annual revenue and $140 million in tracked annual expenses, Club Capital has the data and the team to help you make better informed decisions for your agency. They will help you turn that back office stress into the backbone of your agency's success by giving you the tools to take your agency and your leadership to the next level. Visit club.capital today to book a solution overview with one of our business consultants. Club Capital, way more than a CPA firm. The best use of money is to buy back your time. And one of the best ways to do that is with a virtual assistant. Rock Solid Virtual Assistants brings together top business leaders with exceptional virtual assistants to build successful, relationship-driven teams. The services they provide range from graphic design and marketing to executive admin assistance and everything in between. There are many virtual assistant companies on the market to choose from, but at Rock Solid, their processes and passion for what they do place them at the very top of that list. Not only is their hiring process exceptional, which nets them the very best assistance, but they also provide superior support to their teams for the duration of your time with them. The matching process at Rock Solid is unlike any other, and they have the track record to prove it. Their hands-on approach has proven to increase the success rate of their teams exponentially. So if you're looking to build a rock-solid team for your business, reach out to Tracy and the team for a no-pressure discovery call at rocksolidassistance.com. They value your success as if it were their own, because it is.
I think for somebody that's listening, it's in the military. If I get this a little wrong, forgive me. But I think it's the Marines that say, if you want the most, make it easy. If you want the best, make it hard. Your recruiting process is obviously weeding out people along the way. It is challenging. But whenever they come on board, they actually feel like, man, I got selected. Like they selected me versus they were just trying to convince me that this would be a great environment and they try to sell me on it. Now, obviously you get to a point to where you say, we do want this person. We're going to do the things we need to do to recruit them, obviously. But you and I, before we hit record, we're talking about Georgia football. I mean, if you're a recruit in the Southeast or anywhere around the country and Georgia offers you a scholarship, it's a big deal. I can't say the same about Alabama, but you know, Georgia for sure. You know, whatever. Let me get started here. So, we can absolutely turn this into a college football podcast, but to try and stay on point here, what you said, I just briefly touched on. So I want to explain it a little more is you talked about it, make it hard. You get the best. We really try and make it difficult. So once again, if they don't get the stuff done in a specific timeline that we're looking for, we get rid of them and we're not waffling on that. When we email them to set up a phone interview, you know what we do? We tell them to call the office. We don't say, hey, give me some times. We say, hey, call us. And that way we'll get you on the calendar. And then when they have to call in for that phone interview, they have to call us. We don't call them. Mm-hmm. So we just keep making it harder and harder and harder to weed out all the unqualified people. And then the other thing that we do is because of the volume and the consistency, we tell them, you know, there are typically 200 people in our pipeline that are going through our recruiting process. So when you said like they truly feel that they got selected, we tell them that, hey, Bradley, we interviewed over 200 people for this position. Mm. You are the guy that we want on our team. That goes a long way. They feel it. Yeah, for sure. And I think it helps with your retention, too. It doesn't guarantee it. But you have put insurance policies in place, for lack of a better term, to say, hey, once they come on board, they actually feel like, man, this is an accomplishment to be a part of this team. And it obviously is. We actually may pivot in just a second to culture. But before I get there, somebody is listening to this. Okay. And with all due respect, they're saying, David, that's great. That's amazing. 30 team members. You've got resources out the wazoo. You're like IBM. You know, you just got money and Apple and all these things. I've got a team of three. Okay. I can't go hire all these specialized positions because I can't afford it. I simply cannot afford it. So speak to that person about some of those limiting beliefs that they have, because obviously we want to talk about, okay, yeah, you don't need to go hire 10 people immediately. That would probably be stupid to do that. But you at one time were here eight years ago, nine years ago, whatever. And then you started to build towards this. You didn't do this in 12 months. You're not an overnight success, really. I mean, you've been doing ordinary things for a long period of time that have produced extraordinary results. 100%. And I think that message gets lost these days where people do look at the current situation. Like, yeah, must be nice. You've got three agencies and 30 people, like fantastic. But guys, it really wasn't that long ago that I had three team members and I was starting brand new after being a team member myself for three years. So like, let's get that out of the way. I came in with a team member budget. I saved up $30,000, 30 grand. Like, that's a lot of money, but that ain't going to create some big giant company, right? I had $30,000 in my pocket and that is what I had not only to start my business, but to take care of my family. 
my wife, she unfortunately had a fantastic job that was 100% commission and she is not a salesperson. She made $12,000 our first year of agency. So there was not a lot of capital to go around. And we've just been extremely intentional to say that we know the team is the number one priority. They are our biggest asset. Every single one of my team members is so important to me. And we never let our foot off the gas, right? When we hired one, we kept recruiting. And if good things happen, like you know, a, a scorecard came in or an AIPP check or an assignment finally falls through, whatever that may be, it's not a, all right, I'm going to go get a boat. It's a, okay, I can go get a few more people. Mm-hmm. And I always get the question, all right, that's great, David. How do I do it right now? I just started or I'm tapped out. How do I do it? I got two things I'll tell you. Number one, have the mindset. And I know I'm talking to people all over the place, but I know you've got majority of people that do have annual bonuses kicking in. But can I get to scorecard? Can I get to the bonus? Right. So it's August right now. I'm tapped out financially. Okay. If I do it, if I bring this person on, can I get to January or March? Right. Because if you can do that, You acquired an asset during a downtime that you know is going to be able to pay off for you if you can just make it six more months. So always having that mindset on and hire. The other thing that I recommend, this was a huge, huge help for me. And I wish I was smart enough 10 years ago to say that I thought this through and I knew this was going to happen, but it just was coincidence, right? But hiring these hybrid employees going and finding your lower level, typically part-time team members has been absolute magic for me because what happens is, so let's say you go out, you go get a $10 an hour person for 20 hours a week, right? Maybe they're a high school student, a college student, a homemaker, they just want some work, whatever. Where the magic has truly happened is that I will go to my existing team, my really valuable people, and I'll say Bradley, Tell me the parts about your job that slow you down or frustrate you or the things that you don't like to do on a daily basis. Mm. And if I can take those things off their plate, I will take every single one away from them and give them to these hybrids. So the hybrids can come in and be specialized in sprint, right? I already mentioned dealing with the late base, chasing documents, trying to enable Bluetooth beacons. These are things that anyone could do, but drive our good people crazy because they're so time consuming, right? So what happens now if I've got this great employee and I just took 10 to 15 hours a week off their plate with this $10 an hour employee, Mm. not only what does their potential become as far as bringing in more for the agency, increasing that bonus, but also what does it do for them mentally? And now all of a sudden they're just happier, they're better, they're more passionate and your part-timers Sometimes they turn into full-timers, right? I've got two right now I am absolutely in love with. They are fantastic. They are going to be long-term great employees. But the other cool thing that happens with them is that typically if you get these younger people, they know more people, right? Our circles get smaller as we age. Mm -hmm. So what happens if I say, you know what? I really need a telemarketer right now. I need someone to do events. I go to these young people and say, hey, who do you know that needs a job? Well, I don't know. I got a hundred of them, right? It is so easy for them to bring in other hybrid type people that 
it's an endless flow of people. They graduate and go to college and I say, hey, replace yourself. Someone's there tomorrow. It's nonstop. So that's one thing I would tell you if you are either starting out or on a very tight budget, at least start there to get the ball rolling. I really do hope people are hearing this because David and you and I both agree 10 years ago, this conversation would have been a lot more difficult simply because of the technology was not advanced enough to even have people working from home as easy as they can now. You know, 10 years ago, you just couldn't do that. Secondly, more people are wanting to take part-time or I sometimes refer to as fractional team members, right? That they're highly specialized five hours a week, 10 hours a week, 20 hours a week, whatever, to be able to take all of those things off of your really, really great full-time A player team members. I really hope people begin to have that shift in their mindset to say, yeah, I don't have to think in terms of full-time team member. I can't afford a $40,000 base salary every time I hire someone. That's not the right mindset to be able to have with that. I think it's such a good point. Absolutely. Yep. All right. So I do want to ask you around culture. And I realize that this one topic could be an hour-long podcast itself. But I don't think that if we don't have a discussion around recruiting, the pipeline, even, by the way, I didn't mean to say this, and almost my mind was thinking about this parallel between how you acquire leads in sales, you nurture those leads throughout the process, same way that you acquire leads, prospects to come on your team and nurture them. It's almost like parallel pipelines that happen, just one's recruiting and one is in sales. You want to speak to that real quick? I mean, you're absolutely right. And people have to wrap their minds around that, that if they are not treating it that way, it's going to dry up. And one day they're going to have that oh hell moment. They're going to say, I wish I had been doing this months ago. So you've got to treat it like it's your lifeline or one day it's going to be the thing that's going to create the house of cards and start to crumble. Not everybody is you and nor should they be. They need to be genuine to themselves. Some people are, you know, our friend Tyler, right? He, Bullington came on the podcast. Uh, I'm definitely not Tyler. That dude is one of a kind. He is definitely one of a kind. We love you, Tyler. But I mean, you listen to his episode, you're around Tyler, you understand his discipline. By the way, you're obviously incredibly disciplined yourself, but personalities are very different. And so therefore, the culture then within the agency, within your small business is going to be slightly different. Yes. But can you just speak to not maybe about your culture, but more so the cultivation of the culture that you want to have, have, sure. have in your business? So I told you about eight years ago is when I started this process. And I was really, I don't want to say at a low place, but I would say a very average agent when it comes to team and recruiting where very frustrated, always feel that I don't have enough people, hostage to my team, people are no-showing me for interviews, people aren't accepting job offers, people are taking job offers and they're gone a week later. I feel like so many people are in that cycle right now. And I just realized that this was not the way and that I wanted to be a destination employer. That was what my thought was, was I know I'm a small business. I get it. But why can't I compete? Now, what I was dealing with at that time was State Farm built a hub in DFW where my agencies are located. So all of a sudden, I was competing against State Farm. And that was my question to myself was, why can't I beat them? I should not be losing candidates just because State Farm also offered. 
I need to be a destination employer. People always talk about wanting to go work for Google and Apple. Why? And it comes down to culture, right? Now, part of its pay and benefits, I always tell people we need to act like grown-up companies. If we want a great team, we need to act like grown-up companies. Pay a fair wage, give benefits to your team, do the things that real companies do. Don't act like a little mom and pop, one-man shop that can't afford to do anything. Pay people, right? But the other thing is the culture. You have to have a culture where people want to be there and they're around people that they want to be hanging out with, right? So people say it all the time. I don't put up with drama, office toxicity, like whatever. So many people do, right? They say that all day long. But if you have Allen Iverson on your team, are you going to kick them off or not? And a lot of people say that they would, but most people don't. And we really try and protect that office culture more than anything else. And if someone's not a good fit, no matter how great they are, we're going to make some changes. And I love, love, love the way you opened your question to me, which is not everyone is me. I'm not Tyler. I'm not you. We all have different strengths and weaknesses and personalities. And what I recommend to everyone is that you lean into those, right? It's awesome that we're all different because we can be all successful in our different ways. I think of Al Clark. Um, Al Clark's one of the greatest state farm agents, if not the greatest to ever live. He's not far from my office. If I remember correctly, he's got like a master's in psychology. Like as far as personality goes, I don't think we could be much different, right? But we run our shops in successful ways, but in our own way, right? So my advice is for you to find your way and lean into it. Like for anyone that's friends with me or follows me, y'all know that like I'm on social media nonstop. If there's something that I'm doing, it's open to the public where others are completely guarded off, think things are private. That's fine, right? You don't have to try and replicate something because someone else is doing it successfully is go all in on what you do and make it fun for your people, right? Congratulate people for the smallest things. Go have fun as an office. Go do stuff together. I can't stress that enough. If it's in the office, if it's out of the office, a lot of these people are with you more than they are with their family. So you better make it a place that they want to stay. Oh, that's so true. That's so true. I mean, people go on your Coach P coaching calls twice a week and they aspire, which I'm sure is obviously flattering to you, but they say, man, I want those results. I want those kind of things. Yeah, what well, you got to don't try to be David, be you. But do the things that you need to do in order to, I mean, simply put, I heard Keith Cunningham say this. If you want to be better, get better and figuring out these are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. And so if the discipline of reaching out, recruiting every single day is not yours, go to the very first thing you said, delegate that, get that off of your plate. And so you can bring on the kind of players and build the culture that you want to have. I think obviously to me, it stands out that you had a vision to be a destination employer. That really stands out to me. Big time. And you have to follow through, right? We see so many people that get geared up to do stuff. And like all of us know, like this ain't going to last. We're just watching social media, right? All right, when's it going to crash and burn? And it's funny. But what you said at the beginning of this call is that like, I've been doing very ordinary things consistently for a long time. I truly believe that. There are some things that I'm very good at, but I also think like I am extremely average. I truly do. Like I am a very average person that 
consistently follows through on stuff. So like if I commit to doing something, I'm going to do it forever, right? And that's where the magic comes. Anyone can do it, right? You just have to be consistent with it. And the other thing that you just talked about was delegating. Some people hate recruiting, right? They hate it. It's their least favorite part of their job. Guys, delegate it out. Now, I fortunately have the capacity where I delegate it inside my agency. I have someone that is assigned to do that. I've got a good friend, Alex Shattuck. He's got a company called Autopilot Recruiting. You pay them $300 a month and they run the whole process for you. Mm -hmm. Like, come on. There are so many things that we have our hands on that we can pay a little money for. And without coming across as rude when I say this, way too many people are just too cheap with their business. Guys, if $300 a month is going to bring you time, how much are you worth? Yeah. I wish I had learned that earlier. I hired a, the first time I woke up and realized this, I hired a bank specialist in like year two. I'm like, I got no money. I don't have people like, but somebody recommended we were going to split them two ways. It was a good friend of mine. Like, hey, you take half, I'll take half. And I saw the expenses. But fortunately, I had a sales leader at the time that sat me down at the end of the year and ran some math on the back end. And I more than doubled my return on that person's payroll. And I'm like, well, if all of my team members did that, I would never stop hiring people. Right. I mean, and if I don't have time to go hire people, well, who can I hire to take some of these other things off of my plate? Right. So hiring people that are going to go out and recruit people for you. Good Lord. I was trying to do my own taxes in the first two years. Like what a dumb move that was. Right. Right. Go hire a company like Club Capital or somebody to help you do the things behind the scenes. Guys, if you're not good at it or if you don't enjoy it or if it's below your pay grade, I've already said this, get it off your plate. Yes. I I just did a call. We talked about Tyler Bullington earlier. I did a call with him this morning. He was a guest on Coach P. I brought him in to talk life insurance. My study group hired Tyler Bullington maybe six years ago. Gosh, maybe seven now. COVID just erased like two years of time, so it's harder. (laughs) But we may have paid him like $5,000 to come in and speak for like an hour. So many people would be like, oh my God, what? That's insane. Guys. I made that money back within a few weeks. I took, I've told this story before, but I took what Tyler taught me and I sprinted. Okay. I said, all right, I'm going to do this because the longer we sit on it, we're not going to do it. Right. It's going to get stale. I came back fired up. I'm like, that was legit. I've never heard that before. I'm going to go do it. I sold $120,000 of life premium in two months. Was that worth $5,000 of an investment? Yeah. I mean, these are the things that frustrate me is when I talk to other business owners and they won't delegate stuff to other people or hire more. I'm like, this is how a business works. You have to spend money for it to come back to you. It's called a return on your investment. And if you don't pay anything, nothing's coming back. Yes. So, Sorry, I could have a whole nother call on this, but I am such a big believer in getting as many assets together and building up your business and acting like it's a business and not a small, little, tiny agency. 
you wear a lot of different hats in business. In fact, I'm going to do an episode on this. One of the hats you wear is as the investor, the shareholder of your business. And when you're the shareholder investor, you have assets, okay? Assets in people, assets also just like you invested $5,000 to have Tyler come down, give you information that you then turned around and got a return, which is called a yield off of that. What I think obviously is said, but people need, or not said, but people need to pick up on, you got the idea. But Tyler and anybody else could have given you ideas. The difference is, is the implementation and the execution of that idea, because you could have heard it. And let's be real. I mean, whoever else was in that room heard the exact same thing and did not do anything with that same information. Just like somebody is listening to this podcast and says, that's a good idea. I should probably start doing that every day. Somebody is going to take this information today of the last hour and is going to absolutely radically transform their business and the rest of their career because they actually implemented the habit. Somebody's listening to it and says, I should probably get around to that. And they won't do it because they actually won't implement. And I want to give Michael Hyatt credit for this, but you mentioned around this idea of something that you're not good at and something you don't enjoy. He calls that the intersection of your passion and your proficiency. And I've really liked that because if it's not one of those two things, if you're like, I just don't enjoy it, number one. Number two, I'm just not really good at it. Then delegate it. Get it off of your plate. Just because David's good at it or because Tyler's good at it or because I'm good at it doesn't mean that you have to be good at it if it's not one of those two things, the intersection of your passion and your proficiency. People ask me all the time, especially when we talk about recruiting and stuff, they're like, what's your break even point with team members? When do they start paying for themselves? Or what's the ROI on that? Per One of my weaknesses is not knowing anything when it comes to numbers, right? Like I'm not an analytical guy. I can't look at a report to save my life or I'll go crazy, right? And some people would say, you have to have that to run a business, right? Well, once again, lean into your strengths. Let other people handle the stuff that you don't either enjoy or not good at. Because I have found that if we stop focusing on trying to increase or improve our weaknesses and we just focus on our strengths, man, we can be really great and have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. The only thing I would add to that is I think I mentioned this in an episode. The only difference is sometimes if it comes down to your weakness as in terms of discipline of implementation of certain things. That's where I do think you have to get better. Like if you're just like all over the board and every month you change the comp plan and you know, it's this and now it's this and now it's a new initiative and you're switching all the time. That to me is where it's like, you know, I'm just an entrepreneur. I'm a visionary entrepreneur. That's what I do, David. So you tell me to lean into my strengths. I think that's where it goes too far. And that becomes an excuse. If your strength is waking up at noon and getting over to the couch and working about 15 hours a week. Yes. Improve your weaknesses and get better. You absolutely have some minimum barriers to entry that if you're going to be good at this stuff, you've got to have it. And discipline is one of them. And you're right. It's all about implementation, Bradley. I won the day at that study group, right? But me and all my buddies split our money and I'm the one that got the ROI on it because I did something about it. And I hear it all the time from my coach P agents is that we did that call on recruiting and I hear from them two months later and like, I've hired five people, right? Those are the people that are winning. And then the other people send me an email like, man, that call was awesome. I'm fired up. 
And then I never hear from them again, right? Because they loved it, but they didn't implement. And that's not, here's the deal. That's not a knock on you, right? If you're listening, that's you, because that's all of us. That is absolutely all of us. When I moved my office two years ago, this was kind of one of the birthplaces of Coach P. I moved my office and I wanted to cry at all the stacks of notes that were piled up, covered in dust on my desk from Chairman Circle and MDRT and study groups that at one point in my life, I thought, this is a game changer. This is going to do it for me. And then I got back to the office and I put it right there on my desk. And then someone came in and I put another piece of paper on top of that. And then five years later, I found it again. It's like, oh my God, I totally failed. And it's okay to do that because we're all going to do it. But you have got to take those moments and realize I'm going to change that right now. I'm going to take one thing from this call today and I'm not going to wait till tomorrow. I'm going to do it right now. When I get off this call, I'm going to go set up my career plug and then I'm going to put a calendar reminder to get in there again tomorrow at 10 and then the next day at 10 and I'm going to start a habit. You don't have to change the world. You only have to take one small step and you have to do it the next day and the next day and the next day. Well, I think for those listening, if you're not part of your Coach P training, you can see over the last hour why he has grown so much over the last couple of years and why people ultimately stay. David, people want to connect with you. Obviously, I talk about it every week on the podcast, but what's the best way for them to connect with you and learn a little bit more about how you can help them more with your uh, Coach P? Sure. Uh, You guys can reach us by shooting us an email. Coach P at coachpconsulting.com. Uh, you can also go to the website, coachpconsulting.com. Shoot us an email. We'll get back to you pretty quickly. And if you'd like to jump on a call and check it out, please do. Make sure you mention Club Capital and we'll also give you a free month. Yeah. So if you want to try yeah. us out with uh, no strings attached, you can do that too on behalf of your friends at Club Capital. Awesome. David, I always enjoy the conversations. At some point, we'll do this in person over a glass of wine and then we'll make it like a four part series. Cause I never feel like that we have enough time to get through everything, but I appreciate you, my friend. Have you back on in the future. Thanks Bradley. Great talking to you. David and I have become good friends over the last year or year and a half. I think you can tell that, but he's such a good conversationalist breaks really complex ideas down into something that you can take away and actually implement into your business. I always try to give some of my recaps and I always, Try to keep it around three, but this one I think is going to be a little bit more. I want to share with you some of the biggest things that really stand up to me from that conversation with David. Number one is whenever he talked about becoming a destination employer. That's a vision. It's casting a vision of what does it need to then look like to become a destination employer. If you are, maybe you have somewhere else that there's a big employer. I've got a friend of mine that's in Kansas and the Koch brothers, Koch Industries are in where he's located. And so it becomes difficult to compete, but as much as anything, that's a mindset and taking that same thing and how do you switch it? I thought that really stood out. Number two, he didn't say this, but it was me thinking about this. You know how people say customers, number one, customer is not number one. Your team is number one. Number three, you've got to build the process and then you can begin to delegate the entire responsibility, but then you come in at the areas that obviously are important. David talked about certainly the in-person interview as being one of the most important. 
But once you've got the process laid out, then delegating the individual steps to ensure that they're going to happen on a regular basis. I think the next thing that stood out to me is I mentioned it in the episode itself, but get the right people in the bus and then get them in the right seat. Kind of along the lines, whenever you're actually going through recruiting, when David said, stop selling, stop selling the wrong people on the wrong positions in your business. It's all about them selling themselves to you. And then lastly, and it really is maybe one of the first major concepts came from the conversation with David is the power of references and listening for what the references don't say, not just what they do say. And I thought he gave a really good example about the guy being well-dressed and punctual were the things he shared. He didn't share really of anything else. Always appreciate David coming on. Make sure you go to coachpconsulting.com if you want to sign up and learn more about his coaching program. I think that was obviously give you a really good behind-the-scenes look as to what does twice-a-week coaching with David look like. Go to coachpconsulting.com. Tell him that uh, you heard his episode on the Club Capital Leadership Podcast and it'll give you entire first months off. Hey, I want to give a shout out to our other podcast sponsors, Direct Clicks, Club Capital, and Rock Solid Assistance. I mean, David in the episode talked about one of the best things he ever did was to be able to bring on an assistant. You heard me saying that. And obviously there's David sharing it right now as well. So maybe if you're finally convinced to start bringing on an assistant for you, let alone whenever we were talking about having fractional team members, part-time team members to come in and do specialized work. But if you want to look at having an assistant for you and for your business, go to rocksolidassistance.com and reach out, have a discovery call with Tracy and someone on her team. We're getting towards the tail end of 2022, going into 2023. Do you want to finish this year out strong or even just begin to help build a pipeline of leads solid leads for your acquisition team to be able to convert going into not just the rest of this year, but also next year. And you want to be able to increase the conversion percentage. You want to give them some of the best leads. And the way to do that is to be able to have some warm inbound leads. They're just better. Everybody knows no matter what business you're in, having warm inbound leads are easier and better to convert. So go to directclicksinc.com, directclicksinc.com. They can work with you on your Google pay-per-click and work with you on your SEO. And they're constantly innovating and they're constantly finding new ways to be able to help provide you, their customers with the best experience and ultimately have the best results possible. Directclicksinc.com. You know, in the episode, David talked about financials a lot. How do you be able to afford it? And what is that going to look like? And somebody had sat him down at some point to say, hey, this person in this position this is what it would look like. And this is the return that you're able to get if they were to do these kind of things. Well, a lot of times you want to be able to kind of put that in some sort of a forecasting and how is it going to affect my cash flow? So it's one thing to think, okay, how is it going to affect my sales numbers? How are we going to be able to maybe take some things off of my account managers or customer care team, whatever that may be for you? But then also, what is it going to do your, to your cash flow? What is it going to do to your profitability? And having perspective of that, being able to do some forecasting, not just always looking backwards at your financials, that's exactly what Club Capital can do. So whenever you talk to them and book a demo, make sure you ask them about their CFO services, because if you want that level of insight to be able to make those type of decisions, maybe something that David really stood out, whether it's 
you're going to go hire some more specialized people on your team. You want to hire an assistant for the first time. You want to hire a marketing assistant, but you don't know exactly, do I have the money to do that? That's where the team at Club Capital comes in. So go to club.capitalbook, a no obligation demo. Always enjoy having David on. Till next episode, everyone, lead well.